Hey guys, it's Leisha and Kenny here, and welcome back to another Not Me, Not Today Shorty. Hello, and hello to everyone, wherever you are in the world. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm working on new content for the podcast, so that's keeping me busy. I'll share the details with everyone when we're ready. Oh good, I can't wait to share that with everyone too. And before we get into this tale, if you haven't left us a five-star review yet, head to the review section of your chosen podcast app. It only takes a second, and we would really appreciate the support. We really would. It's also so helpful for new listeners and really helpful for us. So, it's shorty time. Let's get right into this. Leisha, what's the shorty? Today's shorty is about Vesna Vulovic, an air hostess that fell out of a plane two miles without a parachute and lived to tell the tale. The only passenger able to tell that tale. Okay, this one sounds mad. It is. The story has also interested me because my sister used to be an air hostess too, as did many people I know actually now that I think about it. I know I'm getting off topic from the get-go here, but hey, they're only short episodes. Anyway, my sister used to be afraid of flying and terrified of turbulence, but somehow she still went on to become an air hostess for like several years. If you're partial to the odd conspiracy theory, you're about to hear another one in this story. Excellent, let's do this. <laughs> Vesna Vulovic was born January 3rd, 1950, in Belgrade, Serbia. I don't know her parents' names, but I do know that she had a brother. Her father was a businessman. Doing what, do you know? I couldn't find out. I tried, but I know that her mother was a fitness instructor, but again, limited details. And that's why they're just shorties. <laughs> okay, I just thought you may know. No, sadly not. She went to school in Belgrade, but not anything more specific than that, I'm afraid. She went to college to study, but what I couldn't find out for the life of me. And after her first year, which was about 1969 or something, she moved to London and studied there. Oh, cool. Did her course bring her there or did she choose to go? She wanted to go to learn English. Oh, was she fluent? Yeah, but then a friend convinced her to go to Stockholm shortly after her adventure in London. Learn another language while you're at it, why not? <laughs> I love it. Anyway, her parents weren't happy about it with thoughts of their own as to what she might be up to, so they insisted she came back home. Did she go? Yes, she did. She went back to Belgrade. She had a friend who was an air hostess and she thought it looked elegant and something that she could do. She also loved the travelling aspect. So, Vesna became an air hostess, or cabin crew as they'd be referred to today. However, I'm going to stick with air hostess for this episode. She actually joined it with the initial hope to be able to fly to London more often, since she loved it so much. She hoped for about once a month, if possible. Oh, that's cool. I'm pretty sure that's why most people get into it. I think it is. Anyway, in 1971, Vesna was just 21 when she joined JAT, a Yugoslavian national flag carrier and its largest airline. And here's the main incident coming up now. So, Vesna was actually not supposed to be on that JAT Flight 367. Of course she wasn't. <laughs> In fact, she was confused with another Vesna that worked for the airline and she was mistakenly told to appear for the shift. Whoa, I wonder how the other Vesna felt after this whole thing. Me too, I couldn't find out, but I'm sure it must be a weird mixture of feelings. So, JAT Flight 367 was supposed to be flying from Stockholm to Belgrade, making some pit stops in Copenhagen and Zagreb, which is in Croatia for those of us less familiar. It was in January 25th, 1972. She was just 22 years old. Was she supposed to be not working that day or on a different flight? I'm not actually sure. However, she was more than happy to be on that flight and didn't really feel anything strange towards being assigned to the shift. She'd never been to Denmark before, so she was more than happy to go. Vesna was part of the second crew that arrived in Denmark to fly the rest of the journey. So when the plane arrived in Denmark, everyone went shopping. Vesna wanted to go sightseeing, but the rest of the crew wanted to go shopping to get things for their families. So Vesna went shopping? <laughs> yes, she did. 
She does have memory from that time of what it was like before the whole incident happened. They seemed to know that they would die. They didn't talk about it, but I saw. I felt for them. And the captain was locked in his room for 24 hours. He didn't want to go out at all. In the morning, during breakfast, the co-pilot was talking about his son and daughter as if nobody else had a son or daughter. Oh, well, that's a little bit eerie. I wonder if she actually had those thoughts at the time or she just gave them that feeling post-accident when uh, reminiscing. Interesting point. It's super eerie, but it could be either. More than likely the latter, but not to rule out those types of experiences when we haven't really experienced them ourselves. Agreed. So, the plane took off again from Copenhagen with Vesna and the second crew on board at 3.15pm on January 26th, 1972. The aircraft was a McDonnell Douglas DC-9. That's a very Celtic sounding type of plane. (laughs) I actually thought so too and looked into it and it's actually an American company that had made them. But they did eventually merge with Boeing in 1997. Interesting little trivia there. I do love finding out those extra little pieces of information I didn't know before. Anyway, at 4.01pm, just 46 minutes after takeoff, the plane exploded. The explosion came from the baggage hold and tore through the plane. The explosion caused the plane to break apart. Mayday, mayday. (laughs) Yep. It broke up over the Czechoslovakian village, and you're going to have to bear with me on this. Srpska Kemenis. My apologies for butchering that pronunciation. Vesna fell from the plane at 33,333 feet. And survived. She was, in fact, the only survivor. Wow, that's a pretty lucky number, all those threes. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? Very. So, Vesna was found amongst the wreckage. And I will share the photos to our Facebook and Instagram pages, so head to the show notes to be taken to those. But honestly, guys, the wreckage was awful. It just looks like steel confetti more than a plane. Where was she sitting, if you don't mind me asking? To the rear of the plane, however, there is some dispute over that. Do they not believe her? Mm, If they had anything to believe. She doesn't remember a thing after boarding the plane. Fair enough, considering she just fell 33,333 feet from a plane with no parachute. I take it she was badly injured then? Doesn't remember a thing. And yes, she was, as you can imagine. Although she survived, she wasn't going to just brush it off. She is still a human being. Vesna was very hurt. She was found covered in blood amongst the wreckage, screaming for help. The man who found her was Bruno Honka. It was lucky that Bruno Honka had found her because he was a medic during World War II and managed to keep her alive until help arrived. That is so lucky. What were the injuries then? A fractured skull and hemorrhaging, two broken legs, three broken vertebrae, one of which was apparently completely crushed, a fractured pelvis and several broken ribs. That's pretty much what I'd expect from someone who's fallen from a plane and survived. Did she learn to walk again? I'll get to that part in a minute. I'll talk about how they think she survived first. So apparently they think that the food cart that Vesna was pushing slash handing out snacks out of pinned her into the aircraft when it blew apart. Her other colleagues had been sucked out and fell to their deaths. The cart kept Vesna inside the plane when it fell and when the part of the plane that Vesna was in fell at an angle, she fell onto the forest trees and it cushioned the impact. Also, doctors felt that Vesna's history of low blood pressure also played a major role in her survival, apparently allowing her to pass out quickly and stopping her heart from literally bursting on impact. Wow. Very wow. Can you fly with low blood pressure? Well, interesting you should ask that, because she knew about it and she knew that she would fail the medical if that was the case. So she just drank coffee before the medical exam and she got through. Considering it was the 70s, I'm surprised they didn't allow some cocaine cough syrup beforehand. (laughs) This was 1970, not 1870. But when Vesna was rescued, she was brought to the hospital and put into a coma for 10 days. As I mentioned before, her injuries were quite extensive. As a result, she was paralysed from the waist down. 
temporarily. She had amnesia and she couldn't remember what had happened after boarding the flight and nothing for a month afterwards. Well, 10 of those days she was in a coma, so I don't expect her to remember much from those days. <laughs> Me either. But the memories she did have from the hospital shortly afterwards are memories that others have told her about, not ones she actually remembers herself. She wasn't even told she'd been in a crash until two weeks after it had happened and a few days after she'd woken up. She didn't believe them and had to be shown a newspaper containing the story. I wonder what that must be like to be informed that you've survived something so horrific. Well, actually, when she was told, she couldn't believe it and fainted. She became almost hysterical and had to be tranquilized. That is rough. It really is. Vesna stayed in hospital until March 12th, 1972. Then she was flown to Belgrade. Flown? Yeesh. You'd be afraid to get back on the plane. Funny you should mention that. So Vesna was offered a tranquilizer type injection to fly to help with the oh dear god I'm gonna die nerves. But she actually declined it. Why? Because she couldn't remember the crash so she wasn't afraid of flying. Wow. Can you imagine going through that and having almost no PTSD because of it? Like we said on the last episode, the human mind is an incredible thing. When Vesna moved to the hospital, she was put under 24-hour police watch and they guarded her door. Why is that? In case those that blew up the plane came to finish off the remaining survivor. Oh, so the plane was bombed? Yes. There are some discrepancies in details here and it goes down to a conspiracy thread, which I'll lead you down in a moment. I want to finish the hospital stay and recovery first. Okay, cool. So while she was in the hospital, only her parents, doctors and nurses were allowed in. She stayed in Belgrade Hospital until June. Afterwards, she left the hospital and didn't go home to have her parents look after her. Oh no, Vesna thought, after all this, I'm going to do it the right way. And she recovered the rest of the way in a seaside resort. What a nice way to recover. There's something so extravagant about that. <laughs> to be honest, I'd rather that option too. Not because I don't like my parents, but a seaside resort? Yes, please. Also, I'm the kind of person that likes to drag myself off under a bush when I feel like I'm sick and not see anyone. So that would just be the best of both worlds for me. On the plus side too, her doctors came to see her every few days. Wouldn't mind being her doctor going to the seaside resort to check on my patients. Me either. Her recovery was slow too. Not that she spent the entire rest of her recovery in a resort. I mean, it took 15 months. I'm even sure in a seaside resort you get bored after that length of time. She got operations to be able to allow more movement. At first, she could only move her left leg, but after a month, she could move her right leg. Within 10 months of the fall, Vesna was able to walk. There's no way it was the same as it was before, was it? No, unfortunately not. I mean, she did crush part of her spine. I'm surprised she's walking at all. She had a limp and she had that limp for the rest of her life. When asked about what helped with her recovery, her response was Serbian stubbornness. <laughs> That's tremendous. <laughs> Isn't it? And a childhood diet that included chocolate, spinach and fish oils. Interesting that God doesn't play up in this one as much. Usually faith comes into it a lot in these stories. I know, but not this time anyway. Or if it does, it's more personal and not spoken about like it usually is. Anyway, how did it affect her parents? Well, very badly. The medical treatment cost them a lot of money and they had to sell both of their cars. Oh yeah, of course. No NHS or free healthcare. At least not at that time. It is free in Czech Republic now, as of 1992, but not in Slovakia. You're required to have insurance there. They had to sell their cars and they both died within a few years after the fall. Vesna was convinced that if she'd not had the crash, they'd probably have lived for much longer. If I were lucky... I would have never had this accident. My mother and father would still be alive. The accident ruined their lives too. Oh, I guess the emotional financial pressure would be immense. That's really sad. It is depressing. As for her fame post-crash, however, she was famous after that crash. She still holds a place in the Guinness World Records book for the highest fall without a parachute. 
She was well known in Czechoslovakia and many people wanted an interview. She tried to go back and work as an air hostess, but because of her fame, she was put on a desk job because the company felt that she was too famous and would make too much of a distraction to crew and passengers alike. Vesna was celebrated as a national hero. She was even made an honorary citizen of the town that the plane crashed in. Something even cooler was that the man Bruno Honka, who'd saved her, his granddaughter was named Vesna in her honour. She continued to fly and find people were always surprised to see her on a plane and would often like to sit next to her. As if she's a lucky omen. Yeah, pretty much. In 1977, at just 27 years old, Vesna got married after a year of dating Nicola Brecca. She never had children. She did have an ectopic pregnancy that almost killed her and as a result prevented her from having any children. The 90s were a rough time for Vesna. She divorced her husband in 1999 at the age of 49. It was a strange reason too. Her husband hated her chain smoking. She also lost her job with JAT. And when I say lost her job, she was actually fired. Why? Because she was very vocal in her disapproval of Slobodan Milosevic and took part in anti-government protests. Oh, and it's a communist society at the time, of course. Yes, and this is what essentially leads us to our conspiracy theory. So, what actually happened to the plane is that a bomb went off in the luggage hold. Vesna actually thinks that she remembers the guy who did it because she saw him getting off the plane in Denmark, and he seemed to be acting differently to the other passengers. He seemed really angry. Did they arrest him? Nope. They couldn't get an identification on the man. This is also before CCTV was common. However, a man did call and claim it. There had been a bombing on a train the same day that had killed six people. So, this reasoning brings me to my conspiracy theory, because Vesna was such an advocate for anti-government, pro-Milosevic campaigns, that they created a conspiracy theory that it was actually a Czechoslovakian surface-to-air missile, and that she didn't actually fall as far as she did. The article came out about this in 1997. Yeah, but that's one paper doing a random speculative headline. Right, except we know people love a good conspiracy theory. And it wouldn't have been given any more thoughts, except the headline was attractive for people. And then, on January 8th, 2009, the crash was reopened. Why? Because of the theory? Yeah. A German newspaper did a report on it with two investigative journalists, Peter Hornung and Pavel Tiener. They did a report with newly obtained documents from the Civil Aviation Authority and concluded that it was extremely likely that it was shot out of the sky and not a bomb. They reported that it was shot out of the sky only a couple of hundred metres above the ground with a Serbian Aviation Authority expert who had also been at the crash and the damage was more consistent with the shot out of the sky theory than a bomb in the luggage hold. Oh, that's so interesting. It was, and pardon the pun, shot down by the Civil Aviation Authority. (laughs) Thanks. They had no evidence and no witnesses stated that they saw a missile. Also, they had a team of experts looking at that crash and not just one. Vesna denied the conspiracy theory and called it nebulous nonsense, which will be my new favourite phrase next to stuffing your stories in a sack. (laughs) Good old George Costanza. (laughs) An army expert also came out and put unlikeliness to the conspiracy theory. He said that if their story had been correct, they would have sent fighter planes and not a missile. What story? That it was shot out of the sky? Yeah, the story that it got into difficulty, began descending and then happened to go over a nuclear army base and as a result they shot it out of the sky during an emergency landing. Ah, I see. Yes. The flight level had been proven too, but some media peddled the conspiracy theory anyway. I mean, they did have black boxes at the time. 
Exactly. And those proof theory number one, not conspiracy theory number two. But you know what it can be like. People tend to ignore facts to suit their theory because it gets them giddy. That was interesting though. It was. They even recreated her fall in Mythbusters. It's season three, episode 37, if anyone is interested in watching that. She spent the later years of her life in Belgrade suffering with some health issues. She had arthritis and was stiff, as you can probably imagine. And she also suffered from heart problems. Her health wasn't very good and began to deteriorate over over time. Unfortunately, Vesna's body was found on December 23rd, 2016. Her apartment was forcibly entered when she suddenly stopped answering her phone. Her funeral was held on December 27th and she was buried in Belgrade's new cemetery. Oh, that's sad. She was only 66 then. That's young. It is. That is young. Although it could have been much, much younger. Yeah, especially with all her injuries. Apart from Mythbusters, is there anything else people can check out about this story? No books and no movies, apart from her being in the Guinness Book of World Records. There is a little video on YouTube from the documentary Women Next Door, and you can watch her clip on it. Also, last bit of random trivia, but it was Paul McCartney who gave her the Guinness World Record Award. Cool. Yeah, so that's it for this week's shorty on Vesna Volovich. That was great. If you want to see the pictures from this shorty, head to our Instagram and Facebook pages. Please leave us a review. It only takes a few seconds and we really appreciate it, especially all you Apple Podcast listeners. It's always great to hear from you guys, so keep the emails coming. Not me, not today podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, stay alive. Bye. Bye. Not me, not today podcast. Shorty.